Well, we've been considering some thoughts on faith for the past few messages. And, you know, really, you know, no matter what you study in, in the Christian life and the scriptures and the Bible and theology, you know, you can't get far from this concept of faith because it's, it's the basis for our spiritual life. You know, we're to live by faith. And, of course, the Apostle Paul was one who knew the depths of uh, and the heights, you know, of the knowledge of God and uh, taught, taught that in his epistles, his letters. Um, he knew the crucified life and what it meant to lay down his will uh, and to follow the Lamb. And he stated in Galatians 2.20 how he would live, because that's what our journey is about, how we live this life. And in Galatians 2.20, he said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so no matter you know, what we're studying and looking at and God's speaking to us, faith is that foundational aspect that we don't want to get far from because that's how we live. That's how we receive life, to walk with God. And so faith is that substance of our spiritual journey, which in reality is true life. You know, everything we taste and feel and see and experience here on earth is really just temporary. But the things of faith that we experience here on earth, they're reality. Because however, Lord knows how many days we have left on this earth. And then everything we're tasting and feeling and touching goes away but what we've received by faith remains. And that's so, you know, in a million years, we're still going to have what we receive by faith, and hopefully we've learned a lot more in heaven. But, but yet what we receive on earth by faith is eternal. And that's what we want to focus on, because faith is that, it's that gift of God, that eternal substance that produces life. And of course, we, you know, we could consider... You know, that famous verse in Hebrews 11.1, 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. I was, you know, there's a couple words there that are really kind of jump out to me. And I was actually thinking before the message, I didn't even consider the word evidence. Because, you know, in, uh, in life, people might ask you, well, what evidence is there of God? And you're tempted to say, well, there's not really an evidence I can show you, but you know, God says there is evidence. It's his work of faith. And when we allow his work of faith to take place, we have evidence that gives us a surety that God is alive and he's real and he's powerful and he works within us. And then faith is a substance. You know, the Greek word there is hypostasis. don't know if I'm saying that right, but it's uh, Thayer says faith is something to put under a structure, something firm and strong. It's actually a compound word, hupo, meaning to come under. And then uh, histemi means to stand firmly and be established. Now, that, that's kind of a, a neat thought when you're considering faith is a substance. It's real, but yet it's something it's a divine substance that we must come under 
and be firmly established under and upon. And so it has to be based upon, and of course that substance really is His Word. That's, that's the firm foundation that will last forever, that we have to be joined to, be firmly established with. And so it, when we're walking in faith, operating in faith, receiving it and going in that, that way, we have a substance. At, but in doing so, it's like, it's like becomes like one of our senses. Uh, you know, we all have the five senses in the natural, which is t- touch, sight, hearing, smell, and taste. But, you know, sometimes it, you hear that thought of a sixth sense. Well, that's really true in the kingdom of God because that's the sense that matters the most to us. It's the sense of faith, the sense of God moving, the sense of his spirit wanting to move in our lives and speak to, to us and impart what lasts and what matters in the kingdom of God. He wants to impart a substance into our lives that we will possess for all eternity. And that is the basis for everything of how we can live and be associated and and receive from the kingdom of God. It also says in Hebrews 11.6, Without faith it is impossible to please God. And he who comes to God must believe that he is and he, that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so faith is the gateway to the kingdom of God. Uh, it's also the pathway that we walk upon. The more we grow in faith, the more we come to know the one we serve and we follow. And we understand he's a rewarder of those who seek him diligently. But I, I want to consider something with you about faith um, that we could call the steps of faith. And, you know, you might say this is a very foundational message, but I I also think it's a very profound message because of how we always must come back to these concepts, no matter what situation we're in, no matter what we're facing. And so I've I've entitled this message, Powerful Steps of Faith, because really when we're following these steps of faith in our life, it releases power from the kingdom of God. And so to come to know God, you know, in one sense, we've all walked in these steps because you have to take these steps to know him. Even to come to him initially, you know, the process is invisible. It's hard to identify with your natural senses. But there's really three basic steps to faith. Now, there's lots involved in each of these steps. You could get into the nuances of it and study it for a long time. Why Pastor Bailey wrote a, a book, Pillars of Faith, to get into that. We won't get that deep into it, but, but it's, the, it's a process we can consider that as, we're walk, as we walk in those steps of faith day by day, we're progressing in our journey. And each of those experiences, it's like the power of God is released bit by bit, more and more. And we experience Him. And God is working in us, in our lives, in our families, in our churches, our communities, and our nation. It's that divine work of faith by his power. And we can see that in many examples in Scripture. Elijah is the key one we'll consider uh, today because he was a man very familiar with the power of God. But we also see he followed the steps of faith, 
with God as well. And so I'm going to consider three main steps with you this morning. And we could call them simple, but really walking in these steps can sometimes feel anything but simple, right? When you have to experience it, when you got to do it. And so the first step we'll consider that that's really the starting point of if you want to go in a certain way, you want to meet God with a cert for a, in a certain situation, you want to receive a certain thing from God. Well, the very step, first step in the avenue of faith is coming under the firm structure of God's kingdom, as we talked about, the substance. Um, and really that is, it's tied to the word of God, right? Faith comes by hearing a word from God. But really, the first step is knowing God's will. Understanding God's will for us, maybe in a situation, understanding the pathway we're to follow, understanding what he wants for us in a specific situation. It's knowing his will at the matter, in the matter at hand or in the situation we're, we're facing. And it's most often, you know, it's when we relate faith to prayer, when we're praying about a situation. And, you know, we're in a situation where we need faith. We need that divine substance to come in and be a, a shelter for us, to be a structure, to be a foundation, and to produce a miracle, right? Because that's what we need. We have a need, and we're looking for God to release faith for that need, to give direction and guidance and so forth. And, and so as we're taking an initial step of faith, it's really t- tied to knowing, well, Lord, what do you want to do? What is your will in this situation? What do you want to produce? Because if we're just seeking what we want, then we have a problem, right? We might, God might say, that's not my will. And if we keep going, he might give us our will and produce some disastrous consequences. If we see, have seen some examples in scripture and well, we won't get into that. But, but, you know, even in praying, you know, there's times, and I think most of the time, when we're sincerely praying, our will can, can line up with God's will. You know, we think about prayer meetings. We're praying for missionaries. We're praying for needs around the world. And, you know, most often, you know, God wants to meet with our missionaries and bless people and, and meet the needs in situations. You know, we're praying for maybe family members who need a touch from God or those who need, need healing. It's God's desire to release his healing and his touch. Of course, he's trying to meet with people in those situations, but ultimately he wants to bless and heal. But there are vital experiences that we walk through, important situations where it's like, Lord, I need to know what your will is. So I don't want to pray for something that is not aligned with you, with, with your will, with the cornerstone that might get me off a few degrees. And so the real key in steps of faith is, Lord, what is your will? What do you want? And so God desires to direct us with his will and reveal that to us. You know, we mentioned one of the prime examples is Elijah, where we see these steps of faith. And, you know, Elijah was in a situation where God wanted to work in Israel and get their attention. And God spoke to Elijah and he said, Elijah, I want you to give the word of the Lord. And the word of the Lord is it will not rain on Israel. That's a big word because Israel needs rain. They can't survive without it. If they don't have rain, it's famine. And there's 
you know, the death of flocks and herds, which means the hunger for people and can't grow crops and so forth. And, he, you know, and so Elijah received a word from the Lord. He understood God's will in that situation. And he proclaimed that to Ahab. And, and so he knew what God's plan was. He received clarity of what the Lord wanted to do. He knew God's purpose. Of course, then after three and a half years, God spoke again. Now, I want you to say, it will rain. It's going to rain. You know, and, and Elijah was able to receive, to walk in those steps of faith because he received God, an understanding of God's will, God's direction, God's plan in that situation. And that's so critical. It's so important that we understand, you know, especially when we're, we're considering areas of faith where we need to walk in the way God has, has for us, or maybe we need an answer for direction. We need an answer for a touch. And we need to hear from the Lord to receive faith. And so that knowledge is critical. You know, the situation that comes to my mind so often with, when you need a word from God and many of us here will remember that is going through Hurricane Irma, you know, where all of a sudden, you know, we were on vacation and we got calls. Have you seen the hurricane that's headed your way? And as soon as we saw that track, I was like, Lord, I need a word. <laughs> what do we do? Uh, you know, and this happened several years ago, but that was the, a huge storm. And lots of people, um, I, I think they were praying that we'd get out of town. Uh, I assume that because we got lots of advice to get out of town, people telling us to do that. Um, and in that situation, we, were in a, we, we needed to know, Lord, what's your will? What are you saying? And uh, I'll be forever grateful to Pastor Tucker who prayed and gave us that word from God that he received on our behalf. And of course, he got a verse from Isaiah 30 and verse 7. And that little phrase from that where he said, their strength is to sit still. And that was the word of the Lord for us. We understood what that step of faith was we had to take. You know, if we, if we just got out and said, well, I guess that's faith to, to try and stay safe. But, you know, that's not what God was saying. And so that was not faith. Faith is based on knowing God's will in that situation. Now, I'm not saying that before we can pray any prayer, we need to know God's definitive will. You know, that's not what I'm saying. But there, you, it's clear when you get in that situation, Lord, I need to know what you think. What is your will? And when we come under that, it becomes a firm foundation, a substance, a structure for us that keeps us in the storms, that guides us in the way so that we can be firmly established in the way of God. That's the first step is understanding God's, God's will, knowing His will. But then there's another step because you can know it. You know, you can hear from God and you can know His will, but then you got to believe it. All right? Then you have to have a, a response of belief. And now we talked pretty extensively about that last week, so we won't spend a lot of time, but 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 really belief is another aspect of the gateway of faith and walking in the way of faith. In fact, if we don't believe, we can become disconnected from the way of faith and from the power of God that we're seeking. Now, I don't know why I, I kept thinking, I was trying to think of examples of this, 
And I, I was thinking, there's got to be a better example, but Judas kept coming to mind. You know, Judas, because he saw and heard such you know, truth, and he saw such power, and he even experienced it himself. And we know that because he went out with the other 11 disciples preaching and teaching and doing miracles and casting out demons. And if he wasn't doing that, the other disciples sure would have noticed it. You know, and they didn't, it didn't appear like there was any difference with him than with the other disciples when you're reading the Gospels. And so he, he experienced a measure of the power of God and heard all the teaching and the truth. But ultimately, he didn't believe it. And how do we know that? Well, if, if he believed it, he probably would have done, not have done what he did. Right? Or he believed in something more that he believed that something was more important to him, which was money, which was gain and covetousness. And so, you know, he stopped believing in that sense or did not believe in what Christ was showing him. And by consequence, he stopped obeying. And, you know, and I think believing and obeying are intrinsically linked. If we believe, the implication is we will obey and we'll walk in what God is saying. And so belief is a key part of the process of faith or the steps of faith were to take. Of course, there's the remarkable story of concerning faith in uh, Mark chapter 9, where Jesus is coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. He meets that, that father who has a son who is demon-possessed. And you know he says some interesting, or he says an interesting statement starting off. And, and in Mark 9, 22, uh, he talks about how his son is thrown into the fire. But he says this. He says, if you can do anything, have compassion and help. That's quite a statement. You know, he's standing before Jesus and says, if you could do anything, you know, that would be nice. It would be really helpful if you could, if you could help us. Um, that's something we want to try to avoid in prayer. <laughs> you know, especially when we know God's will. You know, even if we don't know God's will. Maybe we need to step back, take a step back and figure that out because we don't just want to come to God. Lord, if you can do anything in this situation, that'd be great. You know, if not, OK. You know, that, that's not really a good foundation for faith. And so Jesus countered with another if statement in, in verse 23. He said, well, if you can believe all things are possible to those who believe. You see, if we know God's will, and then if we can believe, then basically the sky's the limit. And, you know, there is no limit because there's no limit with God. Because we're moving according to faith and not our will, not our plan. We're just flowing with God's plan. And there is nothing in this earth that can stand in front of and oppose the plan and the will of God and his power being released when we're flowing with his faith. And of course, uh, it's easier said than done, right? And so I, I love this honest and heartfelt cry of the father, you know, because it's the situation we often find ourselves. The father in verse 24 said, he cried out and said in tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. 
I mean, you know, if he's in heaven, I hope he's in heaven. I'm going to thank him for saying that because, you know, it's just that statement, Lord, I believe, Lord, but sometimes we struggle with our natural thinking, our natural sight and senses. And so we have to say, Lord, I believe you with all my heart and get rid of anything that doesn't. And so we have to have that second step of believing. But then comes the final step. And ultimately, believing alone will not produce the miracle. Right? Well, at least sometimes. Sometimes God is like, okay, you just believe and boom, there it goes. Like with that father, he just needed that statement and he needed that heart condition of, okay, Lord, I believe. Help me. And God answered. But... You know, sometimes believing alone is not enough to, to receive that miracle of faith. Sometimes we have to earnestly pray. And we saw that, right, in, in that experience with the disciples. Actually, we're going to look at that in just a little bit. So I won't go to that yet. But, you know, back to the, the example of Elijah. You know, we looked at, at him in, in 1 Kings 17, how God spoke to him that it wouldn't rain. And if you're just reading 1 Kings, it's almost like the Lord said to Elijah, give the word of the Lord, and boom, it stopped raining. But you know, when we look, read the New Testament, we, we receive a key detail that's really important that kind of adds to the story. It gives us the full picture. In James 5 and verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, or like passions, as it says, and he prayed earnestly, that it would not rain. Well, wait a minute. How does that work? Is that how it's supposed to work? I thought he's a prophet of the Lord. He just gets the word of the Lord, proclaims it, and then it happens. Not always. God gave Elijah a word of faith. Elijah believed it, and he was willing to, to step out in obedience to that. But what was the process? It said Elijah prayed earnestly. And very often there's situations where, you know, receiving it, believing it is not enough. We have to pray until that word of faith comes to pass, until what we're seeking for is performed by the power of God. So God spoke a word of faith. It will not rain. And it says he prayed earnestly. The Greek phrase is, is kind of funny here. It, basically, it's two forms of the same word for prayer. It literally means he prayed with prayer. Or you could say he prayed, prayed. It's like a double emphasis, kind of showing the intensity of Elijah's prayer. Even he, I mean, and when you think about it, he is one of the two candlesticks that stands before the Lord of the whole earth. And if Elijah had to pray, pray, then we can understand there will be times when we will have to earnestly pray to see that promise come to pass. And if we don't earnestly pray, then it's like we've gone step one. You know, we're receiving that faith. You know, we're open to that faith. Uh, you know, we're allowing faith to come. Step two, we're believing it. But then it stops because we prayed one time. It's like, well, the Lord didn't answer. But then... The real answer comes when we earnestly pray. We seek Him. And this is the point where the process of faith can flounder in the lives of believers. I know it has in my life. 
Lord, I need this situation. Oh, I didn't get an answer. And then, you know, I might pray a few more times that Peter's out. But the steps of faith to receiving faith and walking in it and growing in faith is, so, is quite often to earnestly pray until it comes to pass. And so prayer has to become that place of reliance and safety for us that we run to that shelter that we come to. And, you know, so often God wants us to be involved in bringing his faith to pass in our lives through prayer, through seeking him diligently. Pastor Bailey said in one of his books, he said that hearing the will of God is not sufficient for our lives. We have to hear and pray to bring forth what God has said. You know, James also said in James 5 and verse 16, He said, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There is much power when we pray and we don't give up praying. We don't stop praying. And and so sometimes for this step of faith to come to pass, it's almost like we have to come to a new level of prayer. A new level of seeking God. A new level of not giving up because God is seeking to do something new in us. He's about to bring a change. And for Israel and Elijah, it was a change of season. It was a season of raining to no rain. And then when it was about to rain again, Elijah had to pray again earnestly. And we know that story. He prayed seven times and it was a change of season where he was about to come into a a season of abundant rain. But he had to, he had to pray. And, and that this kind of prayer is the key to receiving the promises of God. You know, to seeing God's power released as we're seeking and we're crying out for. But this is where it becomes the challenge of faith, because you know, this requirement of prayer can sometimes it can test us, test our limits. Ian e. Bounds, I read a quote by him, he said. When faith ceases to pray, it ceases to live. When faith ceases to pray, it ceases to live. And so sometimes we can receive a promise or a word of God, but when we don't maintain that in prayer, that promise can die out. But it's prayer that connects us to heaven. You know, and so so there's that need to continue, to persevere, to keep crying out, to keep lifting up our voice, to walk in that process of faith. There's so much more we could say about prayer and uh, faith, you know, but it's such a key to experiencing the, the power of God, the release of God. You know, Elijah had to do that to see the power of God come upon Israel. And back to, as I mentioned, that story of Jesus healing the, that man's son after the Mount of Transfiguration, you know, the disciples were puzzled because they had been, you know, Jesus had prayed for them and laid hands on them and empowered them and they went out and performed miracles and they were, it's like they were accustomed to that. And, it, and when they couldn't bring deliverance to that young boy, they were surprised and they came to Jesus and you know in Mark 9:28 it 
It says disciples came to him and asked him privately, why couldn't we cast him out? And they were trying to understand what's the difference in this situation. What was the key to receiving power in this situation to bring deliverance? And he just had a simple response. Verse 29, he said, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. It was a different level of prayer. It was a different level of seeking the Lord. It wasn't going to come out. Because, you know, when we're praying and fasting, that's usually a sign of a, of a prolonged period of seeking God. You know, normal prayer is not going to cut it. And so we're setting time aside. We're taking away from other things to focus upon God. And it's this prayer that releases the power of God to come upon His people, to flow through His people. Now, I'm not claiming to be an expert in this uh, topic I, or, or even have it, you know, had a marvelous experience uh, of receiving you know, heavenly power of God and this level of answers for prayers, although we have fasted and prayed and received answers um, you know, from heaven. But, but what I'm really sensing in this is, is that God desires to bring his people and his church to a new level of praying and seeking him and receiving answers of faith through earnest prayer to begin to bring us to a new level of the prayer of faith in our, in our lives, in our families, in our churches, in our fellowship. I think it's something we can believe and ask Him for. And I'll close with one last verse, and this is from another parable concerning prayer, the persistent widow. Of course, she, kept, she had to come day after day to the unjust judge, um, and she just wore him down till she finally got the answer that she needed. Um, and it's an illustration for us to continually come to God and not to give up in prayer. And how much more, yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a parable of contrasts. And, and sometimes I'm like, Lord, you, you know, you're putting yourself in that comparison with an unjust judge, but showing him the contrast to us is if she can get an answer from an unjust judge, how much more can we as the children of God get an answer from our Heavenly Father who is righteous and just and who loves us. Our answer is certain if we will come to Him and seek Him and not give up. And He closes the parable with an awesome question that kind of causes me to shake in my boots a little bit. He says, uh, you know, He's talking about uh, speaking of His servants who are seeking Him uh, through diligent prayer. And he says this, Luke 18 and verse 8 says, I tell you that he will come speedily and he'll avenge and he'll meet with his people, his servants who are seeking him. And, but he says, nonetheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, when he comes to us, Will he find faith? I hope the answer to that question is yes. My prayer is that it is yes, because we've walked in these steps of faith in our lives. And so God is looking throughout all the earth for those who have possessed and walked in 
these three steps of faith. Because we've heard from heaven and we understand the will of God. We know this is what God has for us. We know this is the promise. We know this is the direction. You know, and He's leading us in this way. We've believed. We've, we say, okay, Lord, I'm going to walk in this. I'm going to go in this direction. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you. But then it's that final step, which is really where the kind of the rubber meets the road that we continue in prayer and we don't give up, even when it has to go to a new level of prayer, that we're willing to take that step of faith and earnestly pray, to pray and pray until God meets with us, meets that need, and He releases that power from heaven that He knows we need, and He gives it to us through His steps of faith. Amen. Lord, we thank You that You are leading us in the way of faith. And Lord, we thank You that You've promised us that there is no limit. Lord, that if we will follow You in the way of faith, Lord, You will meet with us and that you will not have a limit in how you will meet with us and how you will visit us and how you will release the power of God to work in our lives and our situations and, Lord, our families and our, our requests of prayer that you want to flow through in faith. Oh, God, and we just cry out to you that you would give us those hearts of faith, that we would walk in these, Lord, three steps and all of the, the things that you would teach us in our journey of faith. Oh God, give us hearts that, that will look to you and obtain your will and to walk in your will and to believe you and to obey. And Lord, we, we recognize your, you desire to lead us into a new season of prayer. And we just pray, we cry out to you, give us hearts that will, will respond to you, that will obey, that will seek you, that will pray and keep on praying and not give up. Oh, Lord, let your spirit of prayer flow through us that your answer of faith will come. Lord, that we can experience that in our lives and in our church, in our fellowship, in our nation, and in the nations of the earth, we pray. And we thank you, Lord, and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.